This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. I'm Kellen Walker. Jamie's traveling today. On today's show, masks are now optional at the Detroit 3's U.S. plants. Polestar thinks its new stock offering will raise $850 million on Wall Street. And we've got new tech partnership announcements, one to develop better EV tires and another to recycle batteries. Plus, VW Scott Keogh talks about meeting the soaring demand for EVs. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. GM, Ford, and Stellantis are making masks optional at all of their U.S. facilities. Back in May, the Detroit 3 and the UAW reinstated mask requirements in southeast Michigan, where there are high levels of COVID. But as of today, masks are no longer mandatory. The companies and the union still strongly recommend masks for facilities in counties with high risk of COVID transmission, according to the CDC. The automakers and the UAW have a joint task force on COVID policies. EV maker Polestar and special purpose acquisition company Goras Guggenheim expect their merger to raise at least $850 million. The companies think the deal will close on Thursday. That's assuming Goras Guggenheim stockholders approve the deal. If that happens, the combined companies would start trading on the NASDAQ on Friday under the ticket symbol PSNY. The plans were first announced last September. As more EVs hit the road, more spent batteries are going to hit the waste management system. But automakers and other companies see some opportunity there. Today, U.S. startup Redwood Materials announced that Toyota Motor North America has become the latest auto industry giant to join its comprehensive electric vehicle battery recycling initiative. Redwood's partners already include Ford and Panasonic Holdings Corporation. The five-year-old firm has focused initial work at a 175-acre campus in northern Nevada but it plans to build an even larger complex in the southeastern U.S. That's according to its CEO and founder, Jay Straubel. He was a co-founder of Tesla and was the EV maker's chief technical officer. The new facility would be able to supply Toyota's planned $1.3 billion battery plant in North Carolina, as well as Ford's planned battery plants in Tennessee and Kentucky. And batteries aren't the only technology changing along with the new wave of electric vehicles. Hyundai and tire giant Michelin says they are planning to work together to develop future tire technologies for EVs. Some specific goals include reducing vibration and noise generated by EVs at high speeds and increasing the percentage of environmentally friendly materials in tires. The companies expect the new tire technologies to find their way onto Hyundai's future premium EV models. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, we'll hear from Volkswagen of America president and CEO Scott Keogh. That's next on Daily Drive. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director 
talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in. It helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk in the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Kellen Walker. EVs still make up a small percentage of the new car market, but customer demand is rising and fast. Meeting that demand has been a challenge for automakers, especially with global supply chain problems gumming up the works. Last week, automotive news publisher Casey Crane sat down with Volkswagen of America president and CEO Scott Keogh at the AN Congress event in Washington, D.C. They talked about VW's EV lineup, future plans, and how they're trying to increase inventory. Here's part of that conversation. So, you know, it's interesting. There's been a lot of news being made well, all over the place. And, and thank God for it, you know, being automotive news yeah, and whatnot. Absolutely. But, you know, Mr. Farley made some comments last week about uh, some shopping models. And everyone's trying to sort their way through electrification, what that means to the consumer and all this. You guys made an announcement about, and I think I can call it a new brand. Yep. But uh, you talked about the Scout brand uh, coming to market. And I was just curious if you could give us any other insights into the future of the brand, who's going to run it, how does it fit in the umbrella, in the family of companies, yep. uh, yep. any of those thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think you have to speak to your own in-house expert. Larry, you here, you seem to be, uh, <laughs> so Larry, you want to come up and... Uh... <laughs> No, I, I think, look, I'll be pragmatic. I think it's an exciting opportunity. As you say, it will be a brand under uh, the collection of brands under Volkswagen AG, obviously. And then, uh, honestly, there'll be scout management. Scout management will sit on this exact stage and they'll tell you all about it right here. I'm here to talk about Volkswagen and Audi and all, all of our brands. So I think it's cool, but there'll be someone who will tell you more about it. Okay. That was not an answer, but we'll keep moving. <laughs> it's the same thing I told Larry, so I've been consistent. He's consistent, if anything, huh? All right, well, if we can't talk about the brand, how about the platform or the manufacturing, and could we see other brands on that platform, possibly? Yeah, it, it's speculation, but obviously we know a thing or two about platforms and how to put multiple hats on them, so definitely a possibility. Okay, great. Let's change course to something that's a little more real. Uh, talk about the ID4. Yep. Totally different launch for you guys, different feel, you know, everything about it. What, what was the biggest takeaway or learnings that you guys brought out of that? Without a doubt, the biggest takeaway is we need more and we need more immediately. I think just to speak about electrification a little bit, and I think it's probably one of the biggest corporate bets amongst other things that was made. I remember sitting in an office here in Herndon, not that far away, speaking to all of the crack sales guys and given all the speculations and everything going out there. And they said, 7,000 cars. That's what we'll do a year. It's 7,000. And I know most of you know some manufacturing math. 
There's not too many factories that get built on 7,000 cars. That's a, tough, uh, that's a tough calculator to get out. And so we had a choice, right? We could either take the cars and import them from Svikau and not localize, safe way to go, or we go for it. And I think the risk, obviously, of counting on the German plants, if you fast forward to today, is the German plants have demand that's about four times higher than their capability, which means we'd be getting zero cars. And then fast forward to America, the electric market at that time plan was about 0 0.2, 0 0.3%. Now it's 6 7% doubling all the time, Growing, yeah. and I think we'll bang out 7,000 cars a month with the ID4. So I think it was the bet worth making. I'm glad we made it. It gives us a competitive advantage uh, in the marketplace. So we've been taking in, I don't know, dealers can tell you, importing anywhere from 800 to maybe 2,000 cars a month. Once that plant gets rolling, we'll be in the 7,000, 8,000 zone. So if there's anything, again, I would have bet to get the plant ramped up sooner. I think the other key learnings, and Mike uh, adjusts this as well, and looks, nothing's perfect. I think no one's going to say the reservation system is perfect. No one's going to say digital retail and everything was perfect. But I think the alignment about where we want to get to is a good way. More pricing transparency, more pricing stability and all of that. But we'll work through these things. Speaking of the dealers on electrification, I think, Mike, I'm on top of you with this point. I think the Volkswagen dealers from went from probably seven years ago, no way in heck is this going to happen. Uh, maybe, like maybe it'll happen, yeah. and now I would say, give me more, give me more. So yeah. I think that's a awesome transition, and uh, it's happening. We're selling them across the country, and, and, and away we go. Um, but no, make no mistake, there's a lot of learnings for this new environment. I think a little more training, but we also got a lot of things right. We have a localized car that's coming, the segment is booming, and we're going to be able to attack it. So I want to focus on what we all did right. Sure, and, and speaking of the localized production, what does that mean for availability? You talked about the reservation system. When dealers start getting cars on their lots, what's the volume going to look like? Are yeah, they going to be comfortable with the amount of vehicles they're getting? Yeah, look. Uh, the answer, never. I want it to be. That, that, that would be a great answer. Yeah. It's completely sold out forever. I think dealers would love that on a margin front, and uh, I'd love it for, uh, for a profitability front. But look, we're going to move from 1,500 cars a month to 7,000 cars a month, and eventually the plant's going to be capable of 10,000 a month over time. So that's a huge uptick. So we're going to bring the dealers down to Chattanooga again sometime around a September, October window and get the reservation system cranked up. But I think we'll start to see inventory, low inventory, probably around, let's say, the first, second quarter of 23. I think the good news when you look at, let's say, the group rules on the allocation of chips, obviously it starts with profitability. So a lot of the, uh, the luxury brands get access to the chips, but then the next tier is if you have a new electric car in a factory. So good news is we will be getting the chips in that plant. We'll get the cars. We're hiring the third shift as we speak. I was just back from Chattanooga, and it's, uh, it's amazing what's happening there. And so a little more detail on that, though. Again, pandemic, a war, chip crisis, all of that happening. How are you guys seeing production going, you know, taking into consideration all of those issues, and you know, what can we expect in the near term? And and maybe even 12 months. I think pure production is definitely better. We were significantly, you know, the reason we had a decent, I would say, or very good 21 is, of course, we had a fair amount of stock because coming out of COVID, we made a bet at our two plants. And I can remember sitting on a dealer call. We were probably two weeks into COVID. Both of our factories were shut down. And of course, you're sitting on a couch at home and you're panicking with two shutdown factories. And some kids. And there was some kids on school. That wasn't fun. And uh, a dealer in, uh, in Utah, who I, who I won't name, it was the first time and he said, I need more cars. And I said, what the heck is going on here? He <laughs> needs more cars. I can't believe it. 
And we're doing calls every day with yeah. the dealer body on this COVID crisis call. And then the next day, another dealer, another dealer. So we made a bet. We opened up both our plants quickly and we produced a fair amount of cars. And then of course the chip issue came and, and the way you go. But what do I see? I see Chattanooga is two shifts right now and running, which is good. It had been single shift for a couple of months. So Chattanooga is relatively well fed. And then our other big plant is in Puebla. And frankly, it's coming online stronger. So I feel second half is definitely better than the first half. Is it where we want to be? No, not quite yet, but definitely better. And I'm more optimistic on 23 from what I can see. But I, I think, Casey, the point I want to make is I think people are blending a lot of different things. They're blending chips with what is absolutely a challenging environment in terms of labor, what is absolutely a brutal environment in terms of infrastructural challenges from rail cars to trucks to port the congestion and on and on. So it's, it's, it's a, quite a web. So, you know, I talked to Mike for a minute about uh, that pendulum. Um, and when you think about where we were, where we are, and what this thing needs to look like, what, what's the dream situation, the ideal situation for the manufacturer and the retailer? Because the idea is everybody makes money. Yeah. Look, I might have a slightly nuanced uh, position. I, I'm not a dealer, but I think what I see and what I would hope for. I think many of the things that have happened have been collectively good for dealers and collectively good for manufacturers. Historically, I would say, we only made money if our plants were 98% utilized. So we cranked the heck out of those plants and dump them down. Dealers would be sitting on then the 100 day supply of cars. They'd start screaming for incentives. We'd pile on incentives. Residual values would implode. Our portfolios would be at risk. And away you go. The whole machine only worked at maximum capacity and maximum sales. You never want to be in an industry that only works at the maximum. Fast forward to today. Many manufacturers have plants that are operating right now at 50, 60, 65% utilization. A couple of years ago, the factory would be, you'd be completely cooked if that was happening. And then you have dealers in many regards selling less cars, but the turns are so fast, the inventory and what they're doing with margins is so good that they're able to make it happen. So is this ideal or a little too tight? Yes. But is the core idea of good margins, fast turn rates and low supply a good thing? Absolutely. Where would I like to get to? Any dealer can tell you differently, but I think getting somewhere into a 45, let's say 55, 60 day supply is probably okay. Mm -hmm. Right now at Volkswagen, we might be at a 10 day supply, depending where you're looking at it, so it's a little too thin, but back to the days of 100s is, is, is crazy. And I tell you, the reason, KC, I look at it is exactly for this type of moment. If we were heading into a moment where interest rates are going up, let's say economy is getting bouncy, consumer demand might start to soften with some of the things going on. If we were in old auto, 100% utilized plant, 100-day supply of cars on the ground, portfolios weakened with weak RVs heading into what could be a bumpy ride, you'd be scared to death. Yeah. Now we're heading into environment. We're making money at 15 to 15.5, unheard of in the industry, and dealers are making money at that rate. So what do I see? Turn rate should continue. We should be selling into the pipe to the extent possible. We need to do a better job of giving dealers transparency 60-ish day supply, I think, would be a decent place to be. And margin stability would be a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I think some of the things that happened from COVID to CHIP to now industrially have been okay. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, as awful as COVID was, how quickly it made everyone move. And uh, some of the best practice, I think, will come out of it. And again, the other thing, I think dealers are doing a decent job on this front, uh, managing their cost. And look at the flexibility that's been put into the system, as you yeah. said, from COVID to chips. And if things get bouncy, the reason I'm not so worried is we've been dealing with nothing but bouncy 
for the last uh, last two and a half years. Scott Keogh is president and CEO of Volkswagen of America. He spoke with automotive news publisher Casey Crane at our AN Congress event in Washington, D.C. If you missed that event, you can still stream it on demand. Go to autonews.com slash wash D.C. Congress. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on electrification, supply chain issues, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.